Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, Satan is the enemy of God and truth. Now, to be deceived means to be led away from the truth without knowing it. Understand, if a person is being deceived, if they knew they were being deceived, they wouldn't be deceived. But they don't know, and that's why it's called deception. The reason they don't know is this. They don't know what truth is. Is it possible today that you could be deceived Today, Pastor Mark will warn listeners of the many ways that people, Christians included, are being deceived in our world. He will encourage us to find truth not in what feels good or what the world says seems right, but only in the Word of God. The importance of God's Word is under attack. Many are saying that not all of it applies to us today, and that we can discern what is really meant for us, what's not. Don't fall into the enemy's trap to deceive you about the Holy Scriptures. Lean on it for every step of your life today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of today's message from Pastor Mark. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew with part one of his message entitled, The Signs of the End of the World. The book of Matthew, we're in the book of Matthew, and we're starting this morning in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. I want to open with two statements. I want you to listen to them very carefully. What we believe affects how we live. How we live here affects where we will live after we die. So what I believe that is, what I think is truth is crucial to how I live here and what will happen to me when I die. Matthew 16, Jesus speaking to his religious leaders, the Jewish religious leaders. He says, today it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. He says to these Jewish leaders, you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the time. Jesus says to this leadership, well, you you can tell me what the weather looks like tomorrow, but you're clueless about the signs of the first coming of Jesus. Jesus would say to them, And there was only an Old Testament in those days. You had sign after sign after sign after sign in your Old Testament. 
proving that I am the Messiah. This is my first coming. But you ignored all the signs that God gave you. Well, in Matthew chapter 24, where I want you to turn now, Jesus is no longer speaking to the Jewish leaders. He's speaking to his own disciples. He's going to use the same word, signs. In Matthew chapter 24 and 25, we're not talking about his first coming. Jesus is talking about his second coming. What it's going to look like when he comes back to earth. Matthew 24, verse 2. Jesus says, do you see all these things, he asked? I tell you, there's a word I want you to focus on all day. I tell you the truth. Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. In other words, Jerusalem and the temple will be destroyed. And as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be, aha, here it is, Vieira, what will be the sign of your coming, your second coming, and the signs of the end of the age? The disciples asked three questions. And Jesus is going to give all the answers. He's going to speak truth. The answers that he gives relate even more to us than they did to the disciples. Because we are living in those end days. Jesus said, not one stone will be left upon another. Speaking about the destruction of Jerusalem. The Romans came in 70 AD, sacked Jerusalem, burned the temple. Not one stone was left upon another. At that moment, the Jewish people in 70 AD were scattered across the world. Since this prophecy was fulfilled, and we know that God doesn't lie, everything we're going to study as we go through Matthew 24 and 25 will also be fulfilled. Now notice what they ask. What will be the sign of your second coming? And what will be the sign of the end of the age? Here's two things you want to write today. Number one, signs. Yes. There are signs. Signs, yes. Date setting, no. Notice, a number of times, even in chapter 24, but here in Acts 17, just before he goes back to heaven, the disciples ask again, when are you going to set up your kingdom? They thought it was going to happen right away. Jesus made this statement. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. So, signs, yes, we're going to study them. We're absolutely going to study them. Date setting, no. Now, isn't it amazing The Bible says don't set dates. So what has happened? People set dates. Anybody remember the book? Jesus is coming in 1998. Big book. All Christians went to buy it. Dummies. Why? Because the Bible says you don't know the time. Don't set a date. So you say, well, is there any relevance to dates? Well, there is. Not date setting. Look at this verse. You see it. Matthew 24, verse 33. In the same way, Jesus says, when you see all these things, all these signs happening, when you see all these things, notice this, 
You can know his return is very near. In fact, right at the door. If you have a dog, they like people at the door. Our dog, the only time she barks is when somebody's at the door. It's not because she's afraid. She wants them to come in and greet her. She's gotten this bad habit. Anytime a UPS truck goes down the street or FedRex truck, she starts barking. Because she thinks, you know, once every two months they stop and give us something. She thinks every time they're going down the street, they're coming in to see her. So she's a dumb dog is really what she is. So the Bible says I can't set dates, but I do know that we're getting close. And so as we do, we can observe the accuracy of the scripture because it's going to be fulfilled. So I can know the general time of his coming. Now, here's something you need to understand. What's the number one sign? Well, the number one sign is this. Israel becomes a nation. Israel becomes a nation. This is the number one sign that prophecy is getting close. You see, from 70 AD until 1948, there was no Israel. And Israel is the starting point for fulfilled prophecy in the end days. Israel is the key. We gave you three keys as you watch prophecy. Israel, the nation, Jerusalem, the city, and the temple. Those three keys is what kicks off prophecy. So back in 1920, I couldn't stand if I was teaching then and say to you, well, prophecy's coming to the end because there was no nation of Israel. There is today. So that's the starting point for us. And notice, then here's the second coming of Jesus at the end of the seven years of tribulation. He's coming back to this earth. First coming, second coming, we don't know exactly when, but we do know it will be at the end of the tribulation period. Now, what I want you to do for a moment, we've never really done before, but I don't want you looking at your Bibles at all. What I'm going to do is take you 2,000 years ago, we're going to sit on the Mount of Olives. You're going to be disciples. You're going to sit there, and you're going to listen to Jesus. Now, when Jesus was on the Mount of Olives, and he's teaching Matthew 24, Jesus didn't say to the disciples, turn to Matthew 24, verse 7. They didn't have a Bible. They were just listening to him what? Talk. So I want you to listen. I'm going to read you seven selected verses out of Matthew 24. The disciples heard exactly what you're going to hear. I want to see how astute you are. I want to see what you're listening to. I want you to pay attention and see if you can hear and enveer, grab a, grab a word or two, a principle. So don't look at your Bibles. And Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. Another verse, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. Another verse, and many prophets will appear and deceive many people. At that time, if anyone says to you, look 
here is the Christ. Or there he is. Jesus says to his disciples, do not believe it. Another verse. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and in fact perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. And Jesus ends with this one. So if anyone tells you, there he is, out in the desert, do not go out. Or, here he is, in the inner room, do not believe it. Was there any theme that came through these verses? If you were sitting on that mountainside, what one word would come clear and loud to you? What would it be? Deceive. Deception. Trickery. Warning. Watch out. Isn't that interesting? The number two sign after the number one that's Israel... The number two sign that the end of the world is coming is religious or spiritual deception. Religious or spiritual deception. Now, Jesus says the key, a key sign right at the top after Israel is that there will be false teachers. There'll be people that deceive about religious things. Well, what is deception? It's simply this. Deception is an act of convincing another to believe information that's not true. So there's a trickery to it. There's a convincing to it. It is spiritual. It's not deception in a worldly sense about you buying something and you think you bought this and they baited you and got this. We're talking about spiritual things, spiritual warfare. Now, There has always been deception spiritually, ever since the Garden of Eden, when Eve was deceived by Satan. So why is deception something that is number two, that you and I need to watch out for? Jesus says, as you see these things begin to happen and they get closer together, be careful because you're near the end. And he relates it to a woman that's pregnant. As the delivery gets closer, the intensity rises and the frequency becomes what? More frequent, more frequent, more closer, closer, closer. That's exactly what we see with deception. As we get closer to the end, more weird, bizarre things. Right in your face and you're going, what's up with that? You see, in the Bible... We already have the answers to all of this. Life is not this physical thing. Life is spiritual. Where you and I live when we die isn't about the physical. It's about the spiritual. I'm body, soul, and spirit. And most of our world is clueless. They spend no time thinking about the spirit man. Well, we'll have to think about the spirit time, man, because in the end times, it's going to get more and more right in our face. First thing I want you to write today is this, just a great reminder to us. The Bible calls Satan the great deceiver. The great 
deceiver. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to John chapter 8. Vieira, John chapter 8. Just back, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 8, verse 44. As you turn there, we can see that the origin of deception and the origin of lying, well, it doesn't come with man. It came from, or it's traced to, Satan. In John 8, 44, Jesus speaking to the religious leaders, by the way, who were also deceived, he says this, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the, here's the word, what is it? Not holding to the truth, for there is, this is very interesting, there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan has always been active with deception. Either himself or through a demon. You see, Satan is the enemy of God and truth. Now, to be deceived means to be led away from the truth without knowing it. Understand, if a person is being deceived, if they knew they were being deceived, they wouldn't be deceived. But they don't know, and that's why it's called deception. The reason they don't know is this. They don't know what truth is. Turn to John 17. You're right there. John 17, verse 17. Jesus, speaking about his father, said this. Father, sanctify them, his disciples, by the truth. Your word is truth. You see, truth is a part of God's character. In the opposite of Satan, who is a liar and has no truth, God is all truth and cannot lie. So when we study the prophecies of end times, it's all true. We know it's going to happen. Here's our problem. And I'm I'm very, I want to make sure, especially you parents understand this today. In my generation, truth was truth. But today, the world has confused our youth, especially. They don't believe there's anything called absolute truth. It goes like this. You might even have a son or a daughter in high school or college, and they're Christ followers, and they believe in Jesus Christ, and they're following him. But they'll have friends that are part of a cult, or Hindu, or Muslim, or Mormon, or nothing. And you'll say to them, what do you think about your friends? Shouldn't you share the gospel with them? Oh, no, no, no. Whatever truth is for them is fine. You see, there. Our generation has been raised to believe this. Believe whatever you want. Whatever truth is good for you, that's cool. No. The Bible says there's a standard for truth. It never varies. This is only the truth. But our kids aren't getting that. Well, that's not unusual because in the Old Testament, there was a time in the nation of Israel 
And this is what was said about the people. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. It's not new. And so our kids are being raised with relativism. Whatever's truth for you, fine. No, there is a standard. Truth is very narrow, very selective. You hear me say it again later. I'm going to repeat it to you because you need to hear it. Truth is simply truth. It's either true or it's not true. It's not relative. It's not relative. You can go out to eat today and and you have a buffet and all kinds of things. You can eat whatever you want. That's not truth. That's your own choice, whatever you like. But truth is not relative. There's a standard of truth. Truth is right for all people in all places for all time. That's why this is truth. Now, all of God's word, the Bible, is simply truth. Now, if that's true, how can I, how can you as a parent, how can I as a believer not be deceived? If as we live in this last time, there's going to be more deception, more deception, more deception, more deception, how can I protect myself? I'm going to give you this morning five ways to protect yourself from being deceived. Number one, become a real follower of Jesus Christ. Let me give you an understanding of how Satan works and how deception works. It's very important you understand this. You have to put your thinking cap on for a second, but it'll make a lot of sense. People are deceived because they're looking for answers. You see, they're unsatisfied. There's an emptiness. Their lives are meaningless. And they're looking for answers And that way, Satan can bring all kinds of things to supposedly fill them with meaning and purpose. Solomon, the wisest man in all the world, went down all kinds of roads, deceived time and time again. Women, food, education, building houses, riches. He went down all these roads. They were all dead ends. Solomon would write this in Ecclesiastes. Notice chapter 2, verse 25. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from God? The reason people will be deceived is they do not have purpose and meaning in fulfillment in their life. Why? Because they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The greatest deception, the greatest deception is really not outside the church. It's inside the church. Some of you will be listening to this sermon driving your car. You will fit this pattern. You see, one of Satan's greatest deception is that many people are deceived into thinking they're a Christ follower when they're not. Today, Pastor Mark taught us that there are real signs to watch for in regards to the end of this world. What does this mean for us as believers? Time is running short. We must be watchful and more intentional about the spreading of God's truth. The enemy is hard at work, turning as many as he can away from the faith. How can you better live with an eternal mindset and be more watchful of the signs of the end times? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. 
Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. How do you know if you are being deceived today? Deception is the act of convincing another to believe information that's not true. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners three ways how to keep from being deceived spiritually. The enemy is very active in our world today and will only ramp up his efforts as we near Christ's return. Be careful not to discredit any parts of the scripture. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Heard it.